Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Rewind. Good evening. Welcome to Fantasy Football Rewind for week two. I am Scott Engel, the managing director of RotoExperts.com. I am the king. I am Fantasy. As always, joined by my partner, he is known as the Fantasy Taz, Jim Day. Jim, a lot of big performances on Sunday. How are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing great, Scotty. Yeah, definitely some interesting football. Once again, the season has not disappointed when it comes to some big plays, some big fantasy players. Uh, but also, we saw today a bunch of no names score some TDs, uh, really hurting fantasy players' own fantasy owners' uh, feelings with that. Yeah, but you know, we saw we saw some big games from some names we know, and I think you know, real quick before we go into Sunday night, I think it should teach you a lesson, especially if you got a big game from somebody today, that you can't overreact to Thursday night football. Yeah, I saw so many people assuming that they were going to lose because they played against AJ Green, and you had other players like Matcher exceed his total today. Oh, yeah, we definitely saw quite a few players uh, match or exceed his total. Look, he had the three touchdowns, but he didn't have a lot of yardage in that, didn't have a lot of receptions. We saw some more really big games from some wide receivers today. Yeah, totally overreaction if you you already thought you were in a, some sort of deep perceived hole on Thursday and you're going to lose. Uh, big day from the quarterbacks, and uh, before we get into that, let's just mention a few injuries. It uh, wasn't too much for us to chase Injury-wise this week, we saw LaShawn McCoy uh, leave today's game with a hip injury in the third quarter. Uh, no information on that. You know, there's not fast food. He's got to go He's got to go through some testing, etc. Larry Fitzgerald left today with a hamstring injury. And Todd Gurley, after scoring three touchdowns, Jim, uh, went to the locker room with what they said was cramps, came back on the sideline when the game was about 27 points uh, out of, out of uh, distance, and uh, look to be good spirits on the sideline. And they let Malcolm Brown finish out the game. Yeah, no, absolutely. By that time, he'd already had three touchdowns. They figured he did enough for the day. And, you know, why push it at that point? The game was out of, out of hand. At least it seemed that way. You know, we've seen a couple of big comebacks in the first two weeks. But we didn't really expect it there. The two biggest quarterback days coming from the Pittsburgh-Kansas City game. Uh, the over-under on this one was for 53.5. I said I was going to take the over uh, on Sunday morning, and uh, you know maybe I should have went to the window at Monmouth Park and actually laid it down because the Chiefs almost hit that un- over themselves. Patrick Mahomes, six touchdown passes today, 326 yards, added 18 rushing yards. No quarterback in the history of the NFL right now has ever started started a season with 10 touchdown passes and to Mahomes's credit to Mahomes's credit uh you know what he did was is that you knew the Steelers were going to try and take away Tyreek Hill early 
He went to all his other receivers, revived Travis Kelsey, uh, went to all his, like, third and fourth receivers, proving that, you know, if you try to take Tyreek Hill away from me, I'm just going to go elsewhere. So, you know, that was a very positive sign in the progression of Patrick Mahomes. My question to you, Jim, though, is can Patrick Mahomes keep this up? Can he keep this court sort of pace up? Next week he's got the 49ers, which is a really good matchup before going to Den- then hitting a, a little bit of a rougher stretch with Denver, Jacksonville, and New England. Uh, would you sell high on Patrick Mahomes or, you know, just stick it out and, you know, continue to enjoy the numbers? Oh, I think at this point you got to stick it out. Look, you, we talked about it all preseason, how this guy was going to be a, a gunslinger type. He throw the ball down the field. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to throw interception, but he won't care because he'll just keep throwing it. Well, so far two, through two games, he's got 10 touchdowns, no interceptions. But the bigger thing to me was he completed 23 out of 28 passes today. So not only was he very good with the football. He was very efficient with the football. You know, when you look at his numbers compared to Big Ben, Big Ben threw for, you know, 130 more yards, I grant you, but he only threw three touchdowns, but he threw for 452 yards, but he also attempted 60 passes in this game. When was the last time you ever saw Big Ben attempt 60 passes in a game? Yeah, just playing catch-up from behind all day. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, Roethlisberger, would actually he actually scored more more fantasy points on ESPN.com today uh, by a half point over Patrick Mahomes because he had 452 yards along with the three touchdowns and uh, Roethlisberger uh, you know serving the narrative that uh, he plays better at home but he goes to Tampa Bay next week it's it's such a good matchup that uh, you know why what would you overthink it and really sit him against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's secondary is full of injuries. I can't imagine him being able to cover those Pittsburgh wide receivers. No, I'm with you. And, you know, today we saw Antonio Brown take a step back and him go to Juju Smith-Schuster a ton in this one. Also, Jesse James, the tight end, was highly involved in this one. So, again, you know, using what's there was a a good sign for him this week. But I I really hate to see him try and attempt 60 passes in a game. Not really good for any longevity for him. Great connection today in the second tie of the season. We've had ties in the first two weeks of the season. The first time that happened since 1971 as Green Bay and Minnesota tied at 29 this week as uh, kicker Daniel Carson uh, missed yet another uh, shot to win the game as uh, time expired in overtime. So you got a lot of kicker stories going around today. Uh, and uh, if you took if you took Minnesota with the 2.5, you covered, but it was still a tie. Uh, but two great fantasy performances in that game. Uh, Kirk Cousins really picked it up in the second half. 425 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Stephon Diggs, nine catches, 128 yards, and two touchdowns. Adam Thielen, 12 ca- catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown. The uh, the Minnesota defense didn't quite play as well as, as you thought they would. But, uh, you know, this, this this offense looked really good. And with going to Buffalo in week three, uh, you have to like them again. It looks like probably the third straight blowout loss for Buffalo, uh, which is, things have gotten so bad that Vontae Davis actually retired at halftime of that game today. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, Kirk Cousins in this offense, uh, everything was advertised to be today. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, they got it done. Uh, Dalvin Cook didn't have the day a lot of people expected him to have. Uh, he he had a hamstring injury there for a little while. 
He said later on it was more a cramp and he's fine. But uh, I definitely need to see him a little bit more involved. But uh, these wide receivers are getting it done. And even Kyle Rudolph, uh, even without a touchdown, 7 for 72. Nice numbers for him today. Yes. And, uh, you know, back to that uh, the Pittsburgh game, Juju Smith-Tuesday you mentioned. 13 catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Those who feel like he's going to break out, you know, so far they've been this been right. Michael Thomas with another big day, 12 catches, 89 yards, and two touchdowns. He's got 28 catches over his uh, over his first two games of the year. Do you think Michael Thomas has a shot at being the number one fantasy wide receiver in PPR this year? Well, if he continues to play like this, absolutely. But we're seeing some big games from a bunch of these guys, and I think there's quite a few contenders in, at this point. Matt Ryan, uh, as Fantasy Taz said uh, this morning, was going to have a pretty good day, 23 of 28, 272 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception, but he also rushed for two scores. So uh, a little bit of an unusual line for Matt Ryan. Uh, not big passing numbers. He's got another divisional game next week against New Orleans. Well, Ryan actually was, again, pretty efficient, 23 for 28. So you like to see that for the 272. You know, uh, he, the rushing touchdowns, you got to love those. Anytime you get those from, from a quarterback that is not known for, for being that type of rushing quarterback is always definitely gravy. And uh, he ended up putting up some good points in this one. I really thought Carolina might pull it out, but, uh, you know, Atlanta was just a little bit too much for him. Big day for Melvin Gordon today. Uh, not rushing, but receiving. Nine for 28 in a rushing touchdown, but six catches, 38 yards, and, and two touchdowns uh, receiving. So total three touchdowns for also him and Todd Gurley. Melvin Gordon playing like the RB1. You drafted him to be. Ryan Fitzpatrick with another four-touchdown performance to open the season. Uh, and today, 402 passing yards, four touchdowns, and one interceptions. Eight touchdown passes in his first two games. He's got the Steelers' uh, very vulnerable secondary next week. Uh, is Ryan Fitzpatrick looking like a must-start for next week? At this point, you, you got to say yes. Look, it, the guy was, wasn't was well thought. I mean, he had a great game last week, but he's still on waiver wires because a lot of people thought it was going to be a short-term thing. At this point, it's looking like if he plays one more game, even close to this, at this point, how do you put Jameis Winston back in the lineup when he comes back? I don't think he can, especially if they're 3-0. Yeah, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, the concern with him is that the next two games, he might throw four interceptions in the next two games. Yeah, well, and that's possible, but you got until then, you got to ride wheels. Uh, you know, like we've seen him have good seasons. He had a, a great season with the Jets a couple of years ago. It's definitely possible he's got the receivers there, especially with Deshaun Jackson, again, with that, you know, first play from scrimmage, 75-yard touchdown pass, wide open, uh, defender, you know, like five yards away from him. If Deshaun Jackson could keep getting that kind of separation, Fitzpatrick will throw to him every day, all time. Travis Kelsey with a big rebound performance after one catch last week. Seven catches, 109 yards, two touchdowns. Be glad if you bought low on him. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, only 37 rushing yards, but 14 catches for 102 yards today, Jim. 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely thought this was a, a, a big possibility that he would get, like, anywhere from 9 to 10 catches. I didn't see 14 coming, but I'll take it. Look, again, Atlanta with the with the big defensive losses this week, those players were highly involved in trying to stop pass-catching running backs. And I mentioned it this morning that I really thought he was in line for a major game in the passing game today, and ultimately that's what we saw. Yeah, the Cam Newton in that game, 335 passing yards, three touchdowns, five rushes for 42 yards. But that's not the kind of passing performance you're usually going to expect or get from Cam, and it might be tough next week against Cincinnati. I think it'll be tougher. Cincinnati's uh, playing pretty good right now, uh, You know, coming off a, a good win. So it'd be surprising uh, if he has it that easy. But, you know, Cam Newton is always a guy that – if he doesn't get it done through the air, he could easily get it done with his feet. Uh, he didn't do so much of that today, only five rushes for 42 yards. But this is a guy who could easily score two rushing touchdowns at any given game. Yes. Uh, moving on, uh, Will Fuller was a guy today that we thought uh, we didn't recommend him playing because a speed receiver with a hamstring injury is always dangerous. And Will Fuller showed up with eight catches for 113 yards and two touch and uh and a touchdown as Tennessee beat Houston. Houston's now 0 2. Uh they lost 20 to 17. Uh I think people expect a better out of Houston out of the gate. You know, I did uh if you took the under in this game, you were right. Uh the the over under was 43 and the two teams scored 37 points. Houston was actually favored by 3, but uh it was Tennessee who won by 3. Yeah, this, uh, you know, uh, the only good thing out of this is if you're a Deshaun Watson owner, you finally got to see him come alive a little bit with the addition of Fuller back. Definitely made a difference, it seemed to him. He felt, looked like he was a little bit more comfortable being able to throw the ball to Fuller as well, uh, having somebody opposite uh, Nook. Um, Nuke. So, so, you know, I, I think that plays well. If he can stay healthy, I think that continues to help Watson get back into his game. Well, you just said Nook instead of Nuke, and like you yeah, I back know. to my childhood <laughs> when uh, there used to be a wine called Angle Nook, and like my friends used to call me Nook. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is this somebody from my past uh, that I'm hosting with here? Uh, Matt Breida, 11 carries for 138 yards and a touchdown, three catches for 21 yards, definitely outrushed and outplayed uh, Alfred Morris, being on only uh, 11 carries for the second consecutive week. Uh, his his breeding to you clearly emerges the better fantasy running back. Uh, he's more versatile. He's more explosive. Uh, yeah, Detroit near, nearly came back and won this game. Uh, the over under on this one was uh, was forty eight point five, and uh, these two teams went over. Yeah, no, there was definitely a few games that went over in this this week. Uh, look, Breida looked good today. He looked explosive. He looked angry. Uh, looked like he was ready to just want to take on the world in this one. And you got to love that from him. I've never been a huge Alfred Morris guy. He's serviceable, but he's never been anything really more than that. Uh, Breida gives them something that they just don't have in Morris. So I, I'd like to see that trend continue. Yeah, I think it's going to continue to be his timeshare, though, because I don't think Breida is actually built for a heavy workload. And I think that's okay, but I think he's a good good enough, quick enough, you know, agile enough to be able to make small workloads work for him, uh, especially if they keep doing it like today, you know, having him with some really nice runs to the outside. Yeah, some backs are not built for bigger workloads. It's just like, 
you know, some fantasy players will think, give Breida more carries. But I think it's at where it should be because some guys, when you give them a limited workload and you don't overwork them, they can make the most of every carry or every touch. Right, whereas there's other guys that just get better as the game goes on and they get more touches. So, you know, it, it takes all kinds in this league to be successful. So it really doesn't matter which one you are. As, as long as you're getting your opportunities, then you should be able to make, make it work. And, you know, I'd like to see Breida keep doing this. Uh, I think he's definitely a better runner than Morris. He gives them more explosiveness than Morris does. Yeah, it's uh, you know it takes me back to C.J. Spiller and you know the days where everybody was crying for him to get more touches, and I'm like, you, you give this kid more touches, he's going to get hurt, and he did. Well, well, I was that, that was definitely the concern with Jarek McKinnon. Uh, it seemed that that seemed to work out not in his favor. No, it it it, it certainly didn't. I didn't expect much from McKinnon at five nine two oh five as a feature back. So the 49ers going with what they have. It's going to be a roller coaster of a season for them. Richard Sherman was seen being very angry on the sidelines uh, throughout the game. All right, we've got lots more to cover here on uh, Fantasy Football Rewind. Uh, we're going to talk about a possible breakout performance from a tight end. And finally, has a Jacksonville wide receiver stepped to the forefront? From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Radio Network. Bet DSI is celebrating 20 years of this industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You play virtually every sport at Bet DSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. Using promo code FNTSY, BetDSI is offering up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. So use promo code FNTSY and try BetDSI.com. That's BetDSI.com, promo code FNTSY. Head on over and start winning today. Scott Engel and uh, Jim Day here on uh, Fantasy Football Rewind. And we continue to go down the leaderboard for week two with analysis. Looking ahead. And uh, Jesse James, uh, five catches for 138 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm really ready to hear you know the the questions next week. Do I start uh, <laughs> do I start Jesse James you know over Gronk you know do I start Jesse James uh, over Zach Ertz? And uh, to me, you know, we've occasionally seen a pretty good game from Jesse James. This is the best one I can remember, but you can't trust him on a week to week basis. No, especially with Vance McDonald there as well. I think these two guys hurt each other all year long. You know, it's going to be flip-flopping back and forth, which one does something, who, which one doesn't. Uh, there'll be even some weeks where neither of them do much in this offense. So it's going to be very hard to, to count on either one of these guys all season long if they continue to vulture each other. All right. Uh, Matthew Stafford bounced back nicely today. 34-53, 347 yards and uh, three touchdowns. 
in that loss to the 49ers, but next week he's got New England. Well, you know what? Uh, we just saw Blake Bortles destroy New England. So not only does he have New England, he's going to have a pissed-off New England next week, and that's never a good thing. Yeah, it's in Foxborough, too. Yeah. So uh, I think you got to be careful there. How about Keelan Cole of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Seven catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown, including one beautiful uh, catch where he skied on the sideline and uh, grabbed it with one hand, uh, You know, certainly conjuring up visions of Odell Beckham Jr. Has this guy clearly arrived as a top wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars? I heard talk on uh, – on Fantasy Football Live, that maybe the Jaguars need Des Bryant. I don't think they do. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't think they do either. I, look, they got three good young wide receivers. Dante Moncrief also scored. D.D. Westbrook also scored today, uh, both getting involved in this passing game. I think that trend continues. I, I don't think they're going to go after Des. Keelan Cole, you know, might not be your prototypical number one receiver, but he he has shown at times that he can definitely put those numbers up, uh, and like we saw today uh, against, you know, New England's not the greatest defense in the world, but usually they do a little better job than they did than today. Yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, surprising game from Blake Bortles uh, today. Uh, Jim Day. It, it, not the usual numbers you kind of expect, but he's played really well when Leonard Fournette has been out in the past. Yeah, absolutely. When he has to throw the ball, we've seen it f- from him. You know, as fantasy owners, he may not be the greatest NFL quarterback, but we love him in fantasy just because most of the times he, he's running, throwing up garbage points that we love to have. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be something that really continues. Today, he was just on fire. Uh, 29 for 45, 377 yards, four touchdowns, had the one interception, but he also ran six times for 35 yards and put up real strong fantasy points for you. Yeah, you did make a note there, though. In the past, he's had to play catch-up. So if the game flow is going to be different for the Jaguars, how much can we trust that we'll see this again, especially when Fournette comes back? Well, that's the case. If Fournette's there, then if he doesn't have to throw, they're not going to throw as often. I don't see that being a trend that definitely continues a lot. Uh, but, it, you know, he is better than people, you know, say. He just has this negative image that people just don't expect him to do much. Meanwhile, in fantasy, year after year, he continues to put up better numbers than people expect. All right, DeAndre Hopkins with six catches for 110 yards and a touchdown in Houston's loss. Nelson Aguilar with uh, six six catches for 88 yards and a touchdown in that surprising loss uh, at Tampa Bay. And that one final was 27-21. Uh, uh, the over-under was 44 there, so if you took the over and you had confidence in Ryan Fitzpatrick, you did all right. Uh, Deshaun Jackson... Another great game. Four catches, 120 yards, and one touchdown. Call me skeptical, but I know Deshaun Jackson's history, and I just don't trust it. I mean, the first two games, he has two touchdowns with 266 passing yards. He does face Pittsburgh next week, but I just don't trust Deshaun Jackson. I've seen him disappear too many times in the past, and I feel like either this week or next week, especially if it's the Pittsburgh game, I'm very tempted to sell high if I have Deshaun Jackson. Well, I, I couldn't blame you, but it's obvious that, you know, Fitzpatrick loves to go to him. And I don't, you know, as long as Fitzpatrick is, is continuing to be the starter, which at this point, I'm going to give him the nod over Winston. I just am. This team is definitely upset with Winston, tired of his off-field antics. Um, 
don't really consider him to be the leader they thought he was going to be. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if they make this switch. If they make this switch, then, you know, Deshaun Jackson, he's going to give you some games where he doesn't do much. But most mid-tier, late-tier wide receivers are going to do that to you anyway. But his upside with Fitzpatrick is going to be there every game. Yeah, uh, I've just seen it too many times in the past where Deshaun Jackson will have a, a good stretch or a good game and then follow it with silent weeks. I just don't trust him. It depends on what you get back for him. You know, if you can, if you can uh, make a good deal for him, I think you have to explore it. Uh, another good game for Brandon Cooks today. Seven catches for 159 yards. Uh, fitting much more comfortably with the Rams than uh, Sammy Watkins seemed to. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, although, you know, Sammy Watkins, you bring him up, he finally had a good game uh, for KC today. Oh, yeah. We'll get, to, we'll get to that, but I'm talking about his, his performance <laughs> no, I, in L.A. I, last year. I hear you. I'm not a big Sammy Watkins guy is what I'm trying to say. So I've never really expected a ton for him. I think Brandon Cooks is a much better wide receiver. Uh, so I, I look for that trend to continue. I was really surprised, though, that he did put up the game he did with the fact that the Rams were just blowing Arizona out early. In this one. So uh, it was nice to see him really get that much involved. Nine targets. You got to love that for him. Uh, this is a guy, too. You, you talk about guys that could be inconsistent. Brandon Cooks has shown he could be in, inconsistent as well. So you like to see these big games from him. Yeah, I think I trust Cooks more than I would uh, when I would Jackson, though. Uh, interesting point. Oh, yeah, you me too. About, I'm not, not going to say no. About <laughs> Absolutely. how they kept the foot on the throat of the Cardinals all day. They kept throwing the ball because, you know, the kicker, Greg Zerline, got injured. And uh, even, they still kept Jared Goff in and had him throwing touchdown passes until he was 34 to nothing. Uh, Phillip Rivers, 23 of 27, 256 yards, three touchdown passes. He was my third-ranked quarterback on rotoexperts.com this week. So not by surprise by the performance. Uh, how about Chris Thompson with 13 catches for 92 yards while he only had four four rushes for one yard? Uh, he was the top 15 PPR running back to me this week. You got 22 points out of him. Upset uh, Indianapolis, beating Washington on the road 21-9. to This game severely uh, went the under. The over-under was 46. Washington was favored by six. Indianapolis covered. But, uh, you know, they stuffed Adrian Peterson early and often. Uh, Thompson, really good matchup for him against those linebackers. But, uh, you know, that's the thing, though, too. It's like everybody was excited about Adrian Peterson last week. But at his age right now, you know, he's always in danger of having a bad game, even against what seems like a friendly opponent like this. And, you know, Chris Thompson will help them extend the running game via the flat and short pass. Absolutely. It really, he became their running game with that short pass. And, you know, 13 out of 14 targets he had. Uh, you got to love to see that kind of, you know, consistency out of him. At this point, he, he's got to be a guy you got to play in PPR leagues pretty much until the wheels come off at this point. He, he's highly involved in first two games. Alex Smith seems to really like to look for him when he needs to. And uh, if a play breaks down, he's right there looking for Chris Thompson pretty much all the time. So uh, that trend, you know, I think that trend definitely continues with Alex Smith. If you had Chris Thompson and Christian McCaffrey Sunday, uh, Jim, you had 27 combined catches from your running backs. Yeah, yeah, crazy day. Uh, when you start to see running backs with, with catch totals like that, this league is definitely, once again, changing. Uh, I think it has changed. Uh, Mike Mike Evans, 10 catches, 
for 83 yards and a touchdown. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, seven catches for 83 yards and a touchdown. We didn't we didn't see uh, we didn't see Andrew Luck go go deep too often today, but you know Hilton definitely factored back into the mix. Well, that was a good thing. Uh, we didn't see Andrew Luck really go deep at all. They did try one that they got a pass interference call on. Uh, I don't think they would have made the, the play, but uh, they got the pass interference on it. So it was at least good to see him try to air it out. But once again, his yards per attempt were really low. Uh, but he did get Hilton involved, so that's definitely a very good sign. The tight ends, uh, Ebron involved again. Jack Doyle, who I thought was a great play today, not not involved at all, only two catches for 20 yards. Uh, so it, it's going to definitely be an up and down year for them. Yeah, Ebron with the second touchdown in a row, but it's not like you can count on it every week. Uh, yeah. Kenny Galladay, six catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. Uh, looks like so far with this guy has almost 40 PPR points in the first two weeks. You know, he's become a prime weapon for Matthew Stafford, and it seemed, as, as I predicted in the preseason, at least for now, that he's definitely surpassed uh, Marvin Jones as their number two target. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he, you know, Marvin Jones has been, you know, a consistent receiver for them for a while now. So, you know, it hurts to see that happen when you see somebody who's, who's been a very good receiver for so long for them all of a sudden now just being pushed aside. But Galladay just seems like a kid who just continues to make plays. And if that's going to happen and if Stafford really likes him, then this kid is prime for a big year this year. Zach Ertz, 11 catches for 94 yards today. Devontae Adams proving that you got to start your top guys against any matchup, in any matchup. Eight catches for 64 yards and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill, six cat, five catches, 90 yards and a touchdown. James Conner, uh, in that in that game, only eight carries for 17 yards and a touchdown, but he had five catches for 48 yards, showing some versatility there, uh, continuing to show versatility. Uh, Corey Clement, with Darren Sproles out, had uh, 30 yards and a rushing touchdown and five catches for 55 yards. Jay Ajayi got injured uh, in this game, came back in, uh, had a goal line carrier too, wasn't able to convert. Uh, how much of Corey, How much of a factor is Corey Clement going to be going forward? Are you just going to be confused by this Philadelphia backfield all year long? That's what I feel like it's going to be like. Well, yeah, it really depends on you know how long they're going to be without. Uh, oh, sorry, name just went Sproles. out of my head. Sproles, yeah, how long they're going to be without Sproles? Because if Sproles is in in the game, they're going to keep him involved uh, more than Clement. But it was nice to see Clement get involved with Sproles out and play that role and did a very good job of it. So he shows he could definitely be their future in that role. Uh, maybe not, you know, consistently this year. But Sproles is what he's got to be ninety-two by now, so he can't have too much longer to go. All right, uh, Amari Cooper with a big rebound game. Impressively, in a tough matchup, nine catches for 103 yards against the Denver Broncos. Uh, instead of going to him the big play, though, the Broncos gave him a lot of cushion, and he ate it up all day. This is a very, very encouraging performance. And he's got Cleveland. He's got Miami and Cleveland next. Miami's got something of a tough secondary, but not as good as Denver. Uh, can we plug Mari Cooper back in as a must-start? I feel like after this performance, he deserves to be back in my lineup next week. No. He's not a must-start for me. Look, this is a guy who's very, 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 very inconsistent. In his four years in the league, almost 60% of his games, he's been outside a wide receiver, too, when 
most of the time he was being drafted as a wide receiver too. So I, you know, he's going to be up and down consistently. He's shown that throughout his career. So he has a good game this week. Cleveland's defense has been playing better than people thought they would. Yes. Uh, they kept, you know, new new Orleans really tough all day today. So I, I don't expect him to have that, that much cushion next week. I don't expect him to have a big game at all. Yeah. And uh, Denver and Oakland was a lowest scoring game. than I thought the uh, over under was 46, but the Oakland defense actually played better, but that's, that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that'll happen in a divisional game. It may be more of a slugfest or a shootout than you might expect. Chris Hogan bounced back nicely, three catches for 42 yards and two touchdowns. Working in the slot is really where you can attack the Jaguars. Uh, that's where that's where uh, that's where they did it for those uh, for at least one of those touchdown scores. Uh, he's got Detroit next week, so keep that confidence in Chris Chris Hogan, who's always a red zone threat. And we mentioned Sammy Watkins, six catches for 100 yards uh, after a, after something of a quiet opener. He's got San Francisco next week. If Matt, Pat Mahomes is going to throw for like 350 yards and six touchdowns, Sammy Watkins is going to, you know, to have some wide receiver three appeal. But, you know, how often is Pat Mahomes going to continue to play at this level? You know, he's still got to be concerned about Sammy Watkins. I, I am. I'm always concerned about Sammy Watkins. We've seen him show flashes in the past and come right back and do nothing following it. it you know, but with Mahomes playing at such a high level, if he continues, then he's going to make Watkins, you know, a viable option just because of how efficient he's been with the football and how many touchdowns he continues to throw. I mean, let's face it. We all expected him by this time. We thought maybe he'd have four touchdowns and maybe four interceptions, but for him to start the year, 10 touchdowns, no interceptions. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Bilal Powell with five catches for 74 yards and a touchdown. Always kind of viable as a flex play, but someday I'll look more in a bye week Golden Tate uh, with seven catches for 109 yards today. O.J. Howard, three catches for 96 yards and one long touchdown today. Uh, you know, we've seen a, 150 receiving yards from O.J. Howard in the first two weeks. Uh, can we start comfortably starting this guy at tight end? Because there's just not a lot of trustworthy tight ends out there. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be an every week starter. I, I just don't. I mean, he had the 75-yard touchdown today, which was nice. I uh, just don't know if you can count on that. And he still only saw four targets, so that's scary. You know, if he had a higher number of targets, I'd feel a little bit better about making him a consistent starter every week. But when you're only seeing three, four targets a game, you really need that big play, and I just don't see him doing that every week. Yeah, I'd keep him on my roster, but I'd certainly watch the evolution because the kid is very, very talented and, uh, you know, came out of college with quite a pedigree as both a receiver and a blocker. Uh, there might be some inconsistency there, but I think there's going to be some big games there too, like Jim is saying. Uh, so you know, O.J. Howard, if you lost Delaney Walker though, which I did in one league, and he's the alternative, you know, I would uh, definitely consider him. Jared Goff today, 354 passing yards, one touchdown and one interception. Alvin Kamara, 13 carries for 46 yards, but only uh, only 46 yards rushing, but six catches for 53 yards. Coming up next, uh, we'll talk some more wide receivers here on Fantasy Football Rewind. You're listening to Scott Engel and Jim Day right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
When you're high. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back here on Fantasy Football Rewind. Scott Engel and Jim Day. Antonio Callaway, three catches for 81 yards and a touchdown. Uh, this guy stepping into the starting spot. Well, obviously, the Josh Gordon situation, Jim. Uh, it does have some big playability. Maybe somebody can roster for the upcoming bye weeks. No, absolutely. We saw in the preseason what this kid is made of. He can definitely put points on the board. Uh, the, the touchdown was a nice touchdown play, but, you know, nice reception by him. Uh, you know, and he's definitely in that role. My concern is, of course, going to be is Tyrod Taylor going to throw enough to make him viable on each and every week? I don't think so, but I definitely think he's going to put up, you know, more good weeks than bad. How much would you spend on him uh, in Fab this week if you needed wide receiver help? Like if uh, your wide receiver core was thin and say you had a $100 budget? Well, if I still had a hundred bucks left at this point, I, I'd probably be willing to spend up to maybe thirty-two, thirty-three dollars on him uh, to try and get him, pick him up. Because hey, at this point in time, when you can get a starter on your to come on your team at this uh, in week two or going into week three, you got to try and do that. Yeah, I might be a little more conservative of you, maybe about ten dollars less, because I don't know if I trust the consistency. Uh, Dede Westbrook four catches for eighty-three yards. And a touchdown is uh, the one-two punch in Jacksonville now. Cole and Westbrook for sure. It's certainly looking that way. Now, I don't know if I'm ready to give up on uh, Dante Moncrief. He also had a, he a did touchdown score today. today. Yeah, so, I, you know, I think he's still a better all-around receiver than Dede Westbrook. I just think that with these three, I think they work in tandem very well together. Drew Brees today, uh, 28 of 35, 243 yards. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. I think people were expecting a, a bigger day, actually, from uh, from Drew Brees today against against that Cleveland Browns. But like you said, the Cleveland Browns defense has actually played better than people uh, give them credit for. Uh, you know, if you went with the spread was New Orleans by 9.5, and uh, the Browns actually covered today. Uh, you know, but Brees uh, proving that, much like last season, that he doesn't need to constantly gun it to win. Uh, you know, not not the kind of numbers that we saw last week. Well, definitely not. And you know, for the longest time, this game was three-three, uh, with nothing getting done. So it really wasn't until the second half that Drew Brees really put it together and started putting some fantasy points on the board uh, and some actual points for his team. So this was a, a really tight game all the way through, and there's no doubt about it. Cleveland, you know, there, there's a very good possibility that the reality of of it is that Cleveland could be 2-0 and at this point. Unfortunately, uh, 
I just think the reason they're not is just bad coaching. You Jackson, they could be, go, but I they're think. not. They don't deserve. They don't deserve to be. Well, they should have won last week, and definitely had a good chance this late in this game to win this one against a tough New Orleans team that was a ten-point favorite. Yeah, but you know what? If you don't win, you don't deserve to win. You miss the kicks, you lose. Well, there is that, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, you turn one or two plays around, and they're two and zero. Oh, is all I'm saying. And yeah, you know, well, you know, I, I don't. How I don't many believe, times I don't you, you don't believe ahead, in that? I you, understand you, that. No, I, that's okay. I, I get what you're saying. You, you don't. You don't want to say, oh, if this happened or that happened when it didn't. And I get that. But, you know, at some point, this the game we, we follow has a ball that doesn't bounce straight. Well, uh, you know, when you got a guy mixing many kicks as Zane Gonzalez did, that, that's what makes you a losing team. Well, that, you know, that and winning Minnesota teams win when they're that. supposed to, losing teams don't. Well, you know, hey, talk about that. But Minnesota was definitely a, a team that, you know, Supposed to win, and they ended up tying today against a hurt Aaron Rodgers and a hurt Devontae Adams. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's, he's maybe they, they certainly didn't deserve to win if they're gonna have that kicker miss that many kicks. The kicker's part of the team. Uh, Kenyon Drake today, uh, 11 rushes for 53 yards and a touchdown, only four catches for 17 yards. You could say, I know we hear people saying that uh, the touchdown salved his, saved his day, but the touchdown is part of what he earned. But still, it's disturbing that he only has 25 carries in the first two weeks. Yeah, that's that's definitely disturbing. The one thing that we did see come out of this game is uh, Frank Gore, even with his limited amount of yardage today, actually passed uh, Curtis Martin onto fourth on the all-time rushing list. So, you know, at this point, we're, we're still watching a first ballot Hall of Famer, probably with Frank Gore, still playing the game at, at what, 35? It's just unheard yeah. of. I thought... I thought the running backs like start declining and by age thirty and by age thirty one they're out of the league. You know, isn't what the axiom says? That is what the axiom says. But a lot of those axioms that we went by ten years ago are no longer valid. Uh, Same thing with you know third year wide receivers usually start to step it up. In most cases, we're seeing them stepping it up long before the third year. Austin Hooper five catches for fifty nine yards and a touchdown. Uh, very encouraging performance for him. Uh, you know, Hooper, maybe in his third year, you know, he's, he's certainly got the potential to, uh, you know, vault himself up in the tight end to, to the ladder, I think. Uh, you know, a guy who uh, can find the soft spot in the middle of the field, has pretty good hands, and knows how to shield himself from a defender. So this is somebody I keep my eye on if I need some tight end help. Ah uh, man, I've been keeping my eye on this guy for the last two years. I, I, I thought he was going to break out last year with – uh, being the, the number one tight end in this team, and Ryan just did not look for him. So it is good to see him start to look for him. I hope this trend continues because I do like Hooper. I think he's a guy that could give them another weapon. But uh, it, it's going to be interesting whether or not this is a one-game thing where Ryan just needed to go to him or if it's going to be a consistent thing. At that, at that point, I'm just not ready yet to buy in fully. Calvin Ridley, four catches for 64 yards, and his first NFL touchdown – uh, ended up with 16 PPR points. Yeah, now Ridley, you know, after d- not doing much of anything in week one, uh, we saw Sanu continue to hold that number two role. This, today we saw the exact 
opposite Ridley getting involved in that number two role and Sanu not really involved in the offense. So, you know, Ridley is definitely going to be a guy going forward. I mean, they drafted him early for a reason. He's a very exciting receiver uh, who can do a lot of things for them. So, you know, while Sanu has been a very conservative, very, you know, strong player for them in what he does. And most of that's third downs and trying to convert that uh, Ridley definitely gives them big play appeal that they don't have with Sanu. Yes. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo today, 18 of 26, 206 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, got the win, but didn't look all that overly impressive. You know, didn't look terrible either. Uh, really not too many big plays from Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, this is the thing that I talked about during the off season is, you know, he never played in any games that were really that meaningful, especially last year. And when you come out of the gate as the guy and uh, everybody's got film on you from the start of the season, things are a little bit tougher. Jimmy Garoppolo still got something to prove. He's still got a lot to prove. Uh, you know, coming into this game after the, the week one game that they had where Kittle was highly involved, uh, really wasn't involved in, in this game at all. Didn't get much play. So, you know, he's going to be up and down most weeks. I think he's going to have a, a lot more weeks where he's throwing for 300 yards and struggling to throw the touchdowns. But uh, it was good to see him get in the end zone twice with no interceptions in this one. Yeah, one of my leagues, I drafted uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in the, in the ninth and uh, and Patrick Mahomes in the 12th. And I think I'm going with the backup quarterback. It'll be like the Buccaneers. I think you have to at this point. I don't think you have a choice. Chris Godwin, five catches for 56 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, averaged almost 18 yards a catch last year. Has scored in each of his first two games. Uh, how playable is he as long as Fitzpatrick continues to play like this? Uh, I think he's going to be volatile because I don't trust for, trust Fitzpatrick. But I'll definitely use him on a bye week. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, he's a good receiver. Uh, we were a little worried that Deshaun wasn't going to play this week, so a lot of people were saying play him without Deshaun in there. But Deshaun actually was in the game, played well, uh, and he still produced. So that's definitely a good good look for him and something I hope we see continue uh, because they definitely could use another receiver as well to give Deshaun Jackson, to give uh, Mike Evans somebody else to, to work off of. Tevin Coleman, 16 carries for 107 yards, taking advantage of the opportunity. Well, also four catches for 18 yards. Tom Brady, 24 of 35, 234 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Not a bad day uh, in a very good matchup. That's why you continue to roll Tom Brady out there. Quincy and Numas, seven catches, 92 yards. Aaron Rodgers, 30 of 42, 281 yards, one touchdown, no interception. The number wasn't numbers weren't great, but he led them to a lot of points. This game definitely sailed the over. Uh, and the thing that really struck me is about that first touchdown pass to Devontae Adams on the previous one to set it up. He was under pressure in the pocket, and he kept dancing around and, you know, uh, you know nimbly moving around the pocket. You know, this didn't look like a guy with much of a knee injury. And fantasy players really overreact in the negative sometimes. There's so many questions I saw on Twitter and the exclusive Edge uh, Sunday game tape chat on Roto Experts today. Do you think he won't finish the game? You know, it's... Uh, yeah, everybody's thinking doom and gloom here, but as long as Aaron Rodgers plays, you got to start him regardless of matchup, regardless of an injury. 
and, and I hear you, but you can't also discount what everybody was thinking. Look, did, nobody knew what was going on with him up until Saturday. I mean, even Vegas wouldn't come up with a line for this game because they didn't know what was going to happen to him. So, you know, if Vegas doesn't know what's going to happen to him uh, until that late in the process, then it, I don't find it bad that fantasy owners are doubting it as well. And, you know, look at it from – you're talking about a guy with a bad knee injury, and last week it looked bad. I mean, he was limping. He was hurt, obviously. And he goes up against a Minnesota defense. It's one of the strongest. So there is definitely some concern that he doesn't finish that game. I understand that. Do I tell people to sit him? No, because if he's on the field, like you said, you got to play him. Uh, he didn't put up the numbers that he normally does, so that hurts a little bit. But at the same time, he could have easily done, you know, 350 yards and four touchdowns. It doesn't matter with him. It, you just can't count him out. Yeah, it sounds like you're more agreeing with me when I thought. You know, it's, I was talking about questions this morning, you know, when I knew that he was going to play him, like – you know, if he if he starts, you play him. It's as, it's as simple as that with Aaron Rodgers. We've seen him play hurt in the past, and we've seen him play well. So you can't worry about him re-injuring himself because then you're going to be worried about your whole, whole lineup. A football football's a violent game. Anybody can get uh, hurt at any time. Uh, Antonio Brown, nine catches for 67 yards. Derek Carr today, 288 passing yards, one touchdown, no interception. But he did complete 29 of 32 passes was very efficient, but uh, not enough that you want to roster in fantasy right now. Jimmy Graham, six catches for 95 yards. Uh, a little bit more encouraging, especially against the likes of Minnesota, to see him put out those those kind of numbers outside the red zone. Yeah, no, absolutely love to see that. Love to get see him get involved. I hope that trend continues. Look, this is definitely a guy that gives them a bigger, better, stronger uh, receiver out there, somebody who can go up and fight for a ball. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see Aaron Rodgers uh, get to be get to trust him and, and want to use him more often like he did today. Uh, and even outside of the red zone, the touchdowns will come. I, I, I definitely feel the touchdowns will come. I love seeing him being involved outside of the red zone. James White today, seven catches for 73 yards, 11 rushing yards. Kind of what you expect from James White. Uh, Kareem Hunt, 75 rushing yards, one catch for five yards and a touchdown. I wouldn't say the uh, touchdown saved him again because, you know, he did earn that, you know, especially with the way he broke a tackle, you know, on the way to the end zone. But so far, uh, only 114 rushing yards in the first two games. Yeah, but it is concerning to me the, the fact of the lack of receptions he is getting in this offense uh, was kind of scaring me coming into the season. Mahomes, we know, is a guy who likes to throw downfield, and what we're not seeing from him is the check down, and that's going to hurt Hunt if he doesn't get those those plays. I mean, that was a big part of his game last year and why he was such a huge success. If we're just relying on his rushing yardage each and every week, he's definitely not going to return value on the uh, the first or late first, early second round that you drafted him in. Yeah, most went went mostly late in the first round in, in a lot of leagues. Uh, would you actually, like, try to buy low on Hunt right now? No, uh, no, because this trend concerns me, definitely. Uh, Mahomes is not looking to check down until he becomes a better quarterback where he's, you know, reading that second, third, fourth read every time, and he can check down comfortably. I think that just continues to hurt Hunt. All right, moving here uh, on here on... Fantasy Football Rewind. Uh, 
look at some of the other top performances uh, from week two as we look back, and we also we also look ahead a little bit. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, 18 carries for 65 yards and a touchdown. Uh, look, if he's going to get in the end zone uh, nearly every week, you know he's he's pretty much touchdown a bust. Devin Funches, seven catches for 77 yards. I think this will kind of what we'll see with Greg Olson out. Uh, the touchdowns can only boost it. Case Keenum, guy always worries me. Got intercepted three times last week against Seattle. Uh, you know, I worry that he's going to turn into a pumpkin. I've been saying it all along. And then gets a bad Raiders defense. 222 passing yards, no touchdown, and a one interception. He did score in a quarterback sneak, but, you know, Case Keenum really, really concerns me. Well, he's a guy I kind of like, especially with those receivers. But uh, Demarius Thomas was not on his game today. Dropped uh, three passes that I remember easily that he should have caught uh, and definitely would have helped Keenum's numbers. So you, you don't expect that from Demarius Thomas. They had the uh, they had the touchdown taken away from Cortland Sutton. That would have been a nice addition here. Um, so, you know, it was, there were a couple of really close plays that could have turned his numbers around. And it just didn't go their way. So, you know, again, it, when you're that close, it's really hard to, to nitpick on what he does and what he doesn't. The Cortland Sutton thing, I mean, we're talking about an eighth of an inch of his toe hitting the sideline in the end zone for to not get the touchdown. Yeah, that, nothing you could do about that. It was a great pass, great catch, just just barely his toe touched the, the outside line. I just feel like he's very erratic, though. You know, four touchdowns. Four interceptions in the first two weeks. Uh, very erratic fantasy quarterback number two. I feel like if I want to win my league in a one-quarterback league, I I just don't want to be rolling them out there. You know, of course, it's a divisional game, but I expected better production from the Raiders, you know, even if you would have gave them the, the uh, Cortland Sutton touchdown. No, no, I, and I'm with you on that. Uh, look, he, he wasn't drafted to be your starting quarterback. If you drafted him at all, he, he was a late, late round QB two, and that's what you're going to get out of him. You're going to have some good weeks. You're going to have some bad weeks. That's just how it goes. But he definitely still gives them an upgrade over what they've had in the last couple of years. But if you got receivers dropping passes, it don't matter how good you are. I guess you say, you know, upgrade over the last few years. I guess you might be able to, th- to throw me or you in there, and it might be an upgrade. <laughs> well, I know it'd be an upgrade over Sam Bradford. That's for sure. I want to talk more about the Cardinals when we come back. How worried should you be about David Johnson? Is it a time to buy low on him? We'll talk about that next here on Fantasy Football Rewind on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Rewind. Back here on Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Engel and Jim Day recapping Sunday 
in fantasy football. Seahawks Bears Monday night. And Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single-entry contests. It's a fun and recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promos like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness bracket contests. Sign up today. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. David Johnson, 13 rushes for 48 yards and only one catch for three yards. You figured that he'd be involved in the game flow no matter what against the Rams, who are usually very vulnerable to running backs. They were 31st in fantasy points allowed to running backs last year. You figure if they're in the game, that he, he's a part of it. If they're behind, they're throwing to him. And so far, Sam Bradford doesn't seem to have any chemistry with him at all. And, you know, his team's been getting blown out, so they haven't been using him as a runner at all. Uh, how concerned are you about David Johnson? Do you think it might be a good time to swoop in and buy low? I think it would be because I'd be very, very surprised if next week we see Sam Bradford under center again. Look, this was just, I mean, the one thing you could always count on Sam Bradford when he was healthy was he was accurate. He could throw the ball and he could hit his receivers. He's not doing that at all. Today he was, what, 17 for 27 for 90 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. He had a 3.3 yards per attempt number today. You know what? You and I, you mentioned it before, you and I could do that. Uh, we could put up 3.3 yards per attempt in, in this league. Uh, Sam Bradford's got to go. It's time for them to throw Josh Rosen into the fire and let's see what the kid has because right now Sam Bradford has nothing and as long as he's a starting quarterback we can expect nothing from this offense look this team has six points in two games six points I mean even Buffalo has more than that Yeah, and uh, nobody retired on the Cardinals at halftime, but it, uh, nobody you know, maybe, retired, yeah. maybe, maybe it's coming soon. Alex Smith, uh, 33 of 46, 292 yards, uh, no touchdown passes, four rushes for 14 yards. A disappointing day for Smith, uh, you know, an okay opener against, against Arizona. He's got Green Bay next week. Uh, you know, Smith is not quite looking like the prolific fantasy passer he was last year in Kansas City so far. Well, he definitely doesn't have the weapons that he's had that he had Kansas City uh, last, you know, uh, that he had last year. Once he goes to Washington, and I mean, the one thing we're definitely not seeing is he doesn't seem to have any kind of rapport with Jamison Crowder at all. Yeah, it's mostly Jordan Reed and Chris Thompson who he seems to look at in the passing game. Uh, Josh Allen got his first start today: two hundred forty-five yards, one touchdown pass, uh, two interceptions. If you're looking ahead to week three to stream a defense, so while they're not against the Buffalo, uh, Minnesota's not going to be available on most waiver wires, so you can forget about that early. Corey Grant caught six catches, caught six balls for 56 yards. If we see see that Leonard Fournette miss another game, could this guy be uh, a PPR fantasy factor, you know, maybe in the mold of a Chris Thompson, Tariq Cohen type? Well, on a lesser extent, yeah. I mean, definitely. If he's seeing six, seven targets a game, then he could be in that, you know, 10, 12-point-a-game type of running back. And, you know, that's not bad for a flex play, a bye week, stuff like that. Uh, I don't think he's going to be much more than that. Uh, And definitely as soon as Frenette comes back, then he doesn't even see that. So it's going to be hard to really count on him for long. Two good games uh, for Austin Eckler out of the gate. 11 carries for 77 yards and three catches for 21 yards. 
He's not going to get a lot of touches, though, uh, and could be volatile next week against the Rams. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting game, no doubt about it. These are the two teams I, I had said preseason were going to the Super Bowl, the Rams and the Chargers. Uh, so I want to see this game. I'm really looking forward to it. But, you know, he's seeing enough target, enough touches to where he's fantasy viable uh, if he's catching the football. If he's not, then that's going to be a little bit worse of a trend. They're not going to be, you know, up on the Chargers like uh, up on the Rams the way they were up on Buffalo early in this game. So he's going to have to be involved in the passing aspect of the game to be fantasy viable. Yeah, somebody might want to use for the upcoming bye weeks more than anything. Uh, not somebody who was, I'm going to want to start over somebody who has more of a guaranteed workload. Uh, Keenan Allen today, six catches for 67 yards uh, for the Chargers in that win over Buffalo. Geronimo Allison, six catches for 64 yards in what's really, really tough matchups. Really tough matchup. Is Geronimo Allison, uh, it seems like five catches for 69 yards and a touchdown last week. You know, this guy has certainly solidified himself already as a wide receiver four, and we all know Randall Cobb can't stay healthy. Uh, you know, if this guy is available in your in your free in your free agent list, uh, I think you got to pick him up. You know, right now he's only owned at twenty five point point seven percent of ESPN leagues. Uh, if I needed some wide receiver help, I I put a good like twenty seven twenty eight dollars in him and a hundred on a fab this week. No, I'm with you. Look, he's definitely. We heard about him all preseason. Everybody expected him to be that number three, but we really never got a chance to really see him in the preseason much. Uh, we got to see a lot of the younger guys put up big numbers. We didn't really see him. So it's good to see him be as involved as you know they thought in the preseason he would be. And, you know, again, if you're catching five, six balls a week, you always got that chance to put up double digits in a PPR league. That's always a nice score as a flex bye week filler. And uh, like you say, if Cobb gets hurt, or at this point, if Devontae Adams gets hurt worse, uh, then he's a guy that steps right into a, a nice starting role with arguably the best quarterback in the league right now. Cooper Cup with six catches for 63 yards. Uh, last week, five for 52 and a touchdown. So I think this is his floor, and he's definitely going to get more red zone looks from, from Jared Goff. So really startable wide receiver three pretty much every week. Another good week for Phillip Lindsay, 14 cat carries for 107 yards, only caught one ball, but he's rushed for 178 yards in his first two games. Uh, this is clearly a timeshare here in uh, in Denver, and this guy is a viable flex. No doubt about it. He uh, – I. I didn't expect as much from him today, I got to say. I really thought they would really try to uh, get Royce Freeman that, you know, that lion's share of work and really establish him as their their main go-to guy. And, you know, they just can't do it because every time Lindsey touches the ball, he's making plays. Uh, you know, a little tiny guy, too, but he, he doesn't have any problem running up the middle. He doesn't have any problem running to the outside. Uh, and he's definitely hell on wheels in, in free territory. Uh, Carlos Hyde, 16 carries for 143 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he's rushed for touchdowns in each of his first two games. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's at least a solid running back, too. And then he's got the Jets in Oakland uh, coming up and, you know, could get in the end zone in both of those games, too. Well, he's showing right now he's touchdown dependent because he's not getting enough carries. to. He, he's always been the kind of guy who needs more carries to build up that game 
flow, and he's just not getting enough right now to do that. So you're going to need him to score those touchdowns every week to keep him as a viable running back. Uh, the weekend he the weekend that he doesn't score a touchdown is a week where you're going to get four or five points out of him and kill your fantasy team. Yeah, it's almost like like only Marshawn Lynch. Like you'll get four points if he doesn't score five points if he doesn't score a touchdown. And the Browns, exactly. you know, probably going to be playing from continue to play from behind. Uh, pretty frequently, you know, they, they, this team has no luck. Yeah. Well, it, I, I think it's not so much as they don't have much luck. I think they just don't have a, a good coach. I'm sorry. I'm not a Hugh Jackman Jackson fan. I think that boy's got to go. What about a Hugh Jackman fan? Are you a Hugh Jackman fan? Yeah. <laughs> Only when he sings. I, I love his Broadway, his Broadway voice. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't realize. Maybe it's something I got to listen to. Dalvin Cook, uh, not a major factor today uh, for Minnesota. Uh, Ten carries for 38 yards and three catches for 52 yards. Uh, you know, we've seen we've seen Cook get some decent usage in the first two weeks, but really haven't seen him uh, had him s- seen him explode yet. And uh, he also dealt with a hamstring problem today as well, kind of limiting his workload. Yeah, that definitely uh, it took him out of the game a little earlier than. We would have liked to see, and he did say later it was more of a cramp, and he's fine. But uh, any any time you, you see a guy like this, again, this is a guy that was drafted most in most cases in the second round, early in the second round, uh, to be a guy that you want, you know, as a stud running back, and he's not lived up to that so far this year. No, he certainly hasn't yet. Uh, Jarvis Landry. Five catches for 69 yards. It's pretty much his floor. You know, if you get 11 points from Jarvis Landry, uh, you know, that's probably maybe the least you'll get from him in any, most any given week. Carrion uh, Johnson, eight carries for 43 yards, five receptions for 23 yards. Looks good every time he touches the ball, but, you know, like Garrett Blunt looked good a few times uh, touching the ball. Theo Riddick was still a factor. So this is still a full-blown committee. Yeah, absolutely a, a full-blown committee. Although, uh, you know, LeGarrette Blunt did his best to take himself out of the committee today by getting himself ejected uh, after a defender pushed down Stafford. And he went over and pushed down a defender and got called for the, the penalty and got ejected. So, you, you know, I kind of like to see guys defend their quarterbacks, but at the same time, you can't be stupid about it. Yeah, uh, well, football's a game of emotion. Uh, Julio Jones today, five catches for 64 yards. We would have liked to see better. Andrew Luck, 21 of 31, 179 yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, about eight points less than last week has the Eagles, Houston, and New England coming up. Right now, is Andrew Luck uh, looking like a fantasy QB1? I feel like there's there's not a lot of upside there right now. Uh, no, not, you know. I don't think he is at this point. He's still a, a dink and dunk quarterback, uh, although he did push it a little bit more today. Hopefully that trend continues and we see more and more of that uh, each and every week. But right now uh, it, it's hard to count on him for that when he's just throwing five, six-yard passes most of the game. Also, uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins with three catches for 23 yards and a touchdown today. Uh, pretty much all you'll get from Safarian Jenkins is a touchdown. The guy's a sloth. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, nine carries for 39 yards. <laughs> Tell us yards how you really feel. And four catches for 29 <laughs> yards uh, before he had to leave the game with an injury. Uh, we'll have to wait and see about the hip. Uh, didn't play that badly, but next week they have 
that Minnesota. Probably if uh, he was to miss the game, though, Marcus Murphy may be the handcuff you want to have. Uh, at that point, I don't want to have anybody. Look, if McCoy can't make it work, uh, I'm not really worried about anybody else doing it. This team is just terrible at this point. Um, it, it looked like they were going to try and get him more involved, but then, of course, they got way behind again. And then he got hurt when they were trying to make the comeback. Uh, just everything just not going his way so far. And yeah, I just I, I have quite a few shares of McCoy, so this is hurting me. Yeah, this team looks like it might be the worst in the NFL for sure. Uh, Mike Williams. Arizona's today. right Two- there with him. Arizona's True. worse right now. <laughs> True. I, th- I have more confidence in Arizona, I think, than Buffalo, though. Uh, Mike Williams, two catches for 27 yards, but he did catch a touchdown. We know he's going to be a red zone threat. Uh, the five catches for 81 yards last week were very much in catch-up. Uh, but Mike Williams uh, you know, making his mark as, I think, a fantasy wide receiver for. Uh, I think he's going to be much more than that. It, look, he, he got involved early. He got the early touchdown, and then they were just up by so much that he just really wasn't involved in the game past that. Uh, most of it was is just going to the, the running backs. And, you know, uh, again, I, if if they're fighting for game time, if they're fighting in the game, then I think Mike Williams is going to come up big. And because, let's face it, he is, he is head and shoulders above Travis Benjamin. He's head and shoulders above Tyree, Tyrell Williams as a wide receiver. And this team is absolutely going to make use of that going forward. What lens do we look through Corey Davis this week? Uh, five catches. For 55 yards, we could say it was another disappointing performance against a vulnerable secondary, a shaky secondary in Houston. But at the same time, he was playing with Blaine Gabbard as well. Uh, you know, we've heard a lot about Corey Davis. We haven't seen it yet. Uh, is this encouraging or is this disappointing to you? Uh, well, it, it's encouraging. I mean, seven targets. He caught five of them for 55. He got double-digit points. Uh, again, with Blaine Gabbard, that's not a bad day's work. Um, I'd like to see him, you know, get more involved. I think when Mariota comes back, I think he will be. But it, again, I, going into the season, uh, I didn't like where he was being drafted. I, I thought he was overhyped right from the get-go uh, in this offense, and he's showing that he was. He's definitely not returning the value of the draft capital that was invested in him. Look, there was some surprises this week, Okay. Ryan, you know, the first two weeks, Ryan Fitzpatrick definitely being one of them. Patrick Mahomes, 10 touchdown passes in two games. But my jaw dropped one particular moment this week when I saw Laquan Treadwell actually catch a touchdown pass. They did have three drops, but when I said Laquan Treadwell actually caught a touchdown pass, his first NFL scoring reception, I was like, this is going to be a weird week. Yeah, that's what I was saying, too. I actually said that uh, earlier today when I jumped on with Corey and Chris is that, you know, some of the early touchdowns we were seeing were all no-name guys. And uh, I I said to him, it's going to be one of those weird Sundays where all of these guys that, you know, aren't on fantasy teams anywhere are going to catch touchdowns or be involved in touchdowns. And we saw 14 touchdowns today by players that aren't on fantasy teams anywhere. And that's just a high number. All right, you're listening to uh, Fantasy Football Rewind with uh, Scott Engel and Jim Day recapping uh, Sunday in fantasy football in the NFL and uh, looking ahead as well. Uh, we're going to talk more about a lot of notable and uh, disappointing performances coming up. And uh, take a look at the Green Bay backfield 
as well because uh, Aaron Jones is going to return next week. And uh, how often do the Packers start running the ball uh, with two viable running backs, maybe three, with uh, with Aaron Rodgers dealing with that injury, which didn't seem to really hinder him a whole lot today. So lots more to come here on the Fantasy Football Rewind. Scott Engel and Jim Day every Sunday evening taking you through the recaps and looking ahead. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive edge fantasy package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive edge fantasy package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive edge fantasy football package promo code FNTSY. Back here for Fantasy Football today. This past Sunday, another DailyRoto.com subscriber won a million dollars playing Daily Fantasy Football. That makes seven million dollar winners. Yes, you heard that right. Seven DailyRoto.com subscribers have now won a million dollars. Head on over to DailyRoto.com and click on Go Premium to find out how you can party with our successful community of Daily Fantasy players. And if sports wagering you're into, click on the sports betting tab or go to dailyroto.com slash betting where you'll be able to use the same tools and algorithms for money line picks, picks against the spread, game totals, and the use of a player props tool that can be now turned loose to forecast spectacular game performances that you can now capitalize on without having to worry about salary caps. That's dailyroto.com and click on Go Premium, the industry website where millionaires are made, literally, dailyroto.com. Dot com and you you love the lineup optimizer don't you? Yeah, I do. I like it a lot. I, I get to play around with it, and uh, I love trying to build up my own stacks and using it to convert uh, the players I like to give them a better edge in in my lineup. So yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Had a pretty good day with it today. What kind of stacks did you run today? Uh, I had uh, a big Ben stack with uh, him, Juju Smith, and uh, I also had Tyree Hill on the other side, which was hurting me most of the game, but that late touchdown helped. And then on the other side, I had a Mahomes uh, stack with uh, with uh, Hill as well as uh, Juju. So, you know, trying to go with the, the two from the one side with the one opposite, which is something I learned from listening to Drew Dinkmeyer. Yeah, you always got to let the play, games play out. Like, people complain that – you know, that guy doesn't have enough points to, like, when the fourth quarter starts and all of a sudden he catches a touchdown pass or two or throws a touchdown pass or two. You got to let the game play out. So many people on Twitter complain, like, at halftime, uh, my guy doesn't have enough points. Is he even playing? You know, you have to have patience. Let the game play out. Yeah, especially when you're talking about somebody like Hill who's a big play guy anyway and can put up points at any point in the game and at any time. So, yeah, you definitely got to wait. You know, again, it's just a matter of fantasy owners not being patient at all, overreacting to too much. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if I read a Denver stack today, I should have known better than to do that in a divisional game because you never know what's going to happen. Jamal yeah, Williams, 16, <laughs> ca- 16 carries for 59 yards. Aaron Jones comes back next week, and I just feel Aaron Jones, with his speed and maybe better receiving ability, is more suited on this pass-first offense. 
Well, I, I, I thought that more with Ty Montgomery as well, but they're not really using him as much either. Uh, so, I mean, at this point, Jones is going to get as much a chance as anybody to take this lead role in this uh, this running back group because nobody else is doing it. Yeah, people always talk about the Green Bay running, the New England running backs, and how you don't want no part of them because it's just all so unpredictable. I think we've certainly more than reached that point with Green Bay. Oh, absolutely. But we said, you know, we were talking about this in the preseason as well, that this was definitely a concern. A lot of people were on Williams just because, look, it, you want to get a running back with a quarterback that good. You want to get that running back usually because that starting running back is usually gold. But the fact of the matter is when you've got two or three guys rotating in and out all the time, it's really hard to get any kind of confidence going in any one of them. All right. Uh, Alfred Morris, we mentioned 48 rushing yards, 32 receiving yards. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin seems kind of useless uh, other than the touchdown. Two catches for 19 yards, but he, he did go for a score. Uh, right now it's Kelvin Benjamin and even rosterable. Yeah, it's hard to consider him rosterable at this point. I mean, again, in a game where they were playing from behind, he only saw three targets in this game. Uh, actually, the, the target list in this was, was atrocious for Buffalo. Uh, when you look at it, there were only two wide receivers who got targeted more than three times, and that was Andre Holmes and Marcus uh, – no, and Marcus Murphy, of course, the, the running back. Sorry about that. So one receiver who did, Andre Holmes, and he only had one reception for 19 yards. So right now, you know, Josh Allen is going to be hard to trust, and that's going to make his receivers hard to trust. All right. Uh, we saw Pierre Garcon with four catches for 57 yards, had two for 21 in the opener. Uh, I know Garcon has been productive in the past – uh, you know, had some really, really good year with Washington a few years ago. But I just don't feel like there's great chemistry with Garoppolo right now. And almost like Mike Wallace to me, like a 32-year-old receiver who's seen better days. I don't even know if I want to roster Pierre Garcon right now because if I, feel, if I put him in my starting lineup, I'm going to look at the screen and feel nauseous. <laughs> well, I can't blame you for that. But I, I think I, it was more encouraging today to see him more involved in this one. He caught all four of his targets, which was good. Uh, it's definitely a step up from last week. Look, they, they didn't have any time in the preseason to work together. Uh, didn't have much of last season. Didn't have at all last season, really, to work with each other. So they're still learning each other. And, you know, while Garcon isn't the guy he once was, I still think he can be a productive receiver in this league, being the smart, educated guy who knows how to run different routes. I, I think they get him more involved as the season goes on. If you started Phil Dorsett for uh, any reason, you got nine PPR points, probably good enough to lose with, but that was a tough matchup. He's got Detroit coming up next week. Uh, it does seem like he gets involved a little bit in the passing game and when the matchups clear up a little bit before uh, Yeldon comes back. I think you can still plug him in. TJ Yeldon, 10 carries for 58 yards, only two catches for 13 yards, but actually disappointed by the uh, performance of Yeldon. I, I expected more. Absolutely. I did, too. I definitely thought he'd be more involved in the passing game. He did have five targets, but was only able to convert two of them. You know, 10 rushes is never going to get it done. Uh, I kind of expected that, though, against New England. I thought they'd actually be playing from behind in this one. That didn't come to fruition. So you would have thought they would have tried to pound the rock a little bit more uh, with Yeldon, but it just wasn't happening. He, he, had, he was averaging 5.8 yards a carry, so I wasn't quite sure why they didn't run him more. But uh, if they're not going to do that when he is the starter, then it's really hard to count on him as anything going forward. 
These teams uh, had an over under 45, and they hit 51. Uh, Lamar Miller, 14 carries for 68 yards. Kind of the mediocrity that we saw from him last year. Yeah, and again, not not involved in the passing game. Only two targets, two receptions for a whopping two yards. Uh, you know, not going to get it done in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, we did see some life out of Deshaun Watson today with Fuller back. So hopefully that's a cascading effect throughout the lineup as Watson starts to come back into any kind of form, what he had last year. I think the rest of the offense follows along. Yeah, we thought he was going to be volume-based. Like, he's not a spectacular runner, but maybe somebody that could, that could score, uh, you know, is finishing off a lot of drives. We haven't seen that yet. No, we haven't seen that at all, and that that's definitely taken away from his value too, no doubt about it. Uh, it it's just going to be hard hard to count on him uh, going in, and you know, unfortunately, that's going to make Corey very happy. Why is that? Because he hates Lamar Miller. Yeah, I just I know <laughs> that. I just wanted you to tell the audience. Jared Cook. This is what scared the crap out of all of us. Uh, you know, we've seen it before. Huge game, and then this week just four catches for 49 yards. Jared Cook uh, was added in 50% of ESPN leagues last week. Probably be dropped in 25% of them this week. Uh, You just can't rely on Jared Cook on a week-to-week basis, and uh, the story hasn't changed. Yeah, but, you know, at this point, it's hard to say whether it's him or not, if it's Carr. I mean, Carr was very efficient today, and he got Jared Cook involved early, but then seemed to go away from him. Uh, Cook caught all four of his targets. I mean, you can't ask for more than that. You can only take the targets that are thrown to you and work with that. So, I mean, he did what he could. He he just didn't see as many targets, uh, didn't see as as much open space as he saw last week as well. Uh, But we expected that, too. Denver's defense definitely much better than what he faced in week one. Yeah, certainly. And uh, we also saw today Royce Freeman with only 28 rushing yards on eight carries. Got outplayed, you know, by this uh, Philip Lindsay kid. Uh, I know some fantasy analysts were really high on Royce Freeman, recommending him as like a third-round pick, but these rookie running backs can be very volatile. Yeah, I, I, I like Freeman coming into the, into the season. I really did think he would take this job and run away with it, and uh, we're not seeing that right now, and it, it is definitely a timeshare between these two, and it's going to be whichever one gets a hot hand is going to be the one – rolling going forward and right now so far that's Lindsay uh you know just haven't seen any kind of Freeman hot hand going yet uh we've seen a couple of nice runs from him but nothing consecutive nothing building up to anything yet at this point so it's going to be hard to trust him if this continues and it may very well be that Philip uh Lindsay becomes the starter in this offense the way he's playing right now it's kind of hard to to think otherwise well, starter just means you're on the field for the first play of the game. If he's getting more touches, <laughs> doesn't matter whether he starts or not. Uh, Adrian Peterson, as we start to go into some more disappointing performances, everybody was so excited after last week. But this week, only 20 rushing yards on 11 carries. So many stardom and sit that I saw. Uh, you know, people were saying, oh, start Peterson against Indianapolis. But they swarmed him early in three catches for 30 yards. So he did give you six points there. He ended, he ended up with a 12-point day. But, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot. To, he's going to be very, very inconsistent and up and down. We saw that last year. There were a few big games, and then there were some big, big clunkers. 
Okay, well, he actually only gave you an eight-point day, to, not to give him four extra points for anything, um, because he only had 20 rushing yards and three for 30. So he gave you an eight-point day in PPR leagues. But this is more consistent with what he did last year than last week was. Um, so right now, four out of his last eight games that he's played, he's averaged under 2.0 yards per carry. Four out of his last eight. So, I mean, that's 50% of the time you can count on him. 50% of the time you can't. Uh, we know that he's a guy who gets better as the game goes on. You give him more carries. I think he does well. When you're limiting his carries to 11, uh, in, you're just not going to get anything out of him, I don't think. And this was just definitely dictated by game flow. They got behind early, and we just didn't see him involved in this game at all. Uh, taking a look at Randall Cobb, only four catches for 30 yards. Uh, I think we expected more of him today, especially working in the slot against Minnesota where you, where you can attack them. Is he in danger of being passed on the depth chart by Geronimo Allison? Uh, I don't think he's in, really in danger of that. Uh, you know, I just, I'm not ready to go there yet. Uh, same com comparable number of targets. It just Allison got the touchdown. Cobb didn't. Uh, I did expect more with Cobb because of Aaron Rodgers being in the shotgun. Stats showed that Cobb was his favorite when operating out of the shotgun. That didn't come to fruition this week. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if that, continues on or if he is going to be somebody that you can count on for you know four for 48 four for 50 yards a week and at that point then he may very well be on your bench Demarius Thomas only five he caught five balls on 11 targets uh, not too efficient and only ended up with 18 receiving yards very very disappointing day for Demarius Thomas and Case Keenum is showed, you know, he's got some favoritism for Emmanuel Sanders, and will show for, will throw for to some of his younger receivers as well. Well, hey, it, Thomas got eleven targets, and we I talked about it earlier. He dropped three passes that he should have caught, yep. should have caught, would have put his numbers much higher uh, in this realm than than what he had. He was just not on his game today. Uh, don't know what what to expect. I expect more from him than that. He, he's a better receiver than that. For whatever reason, he just didn't have it today. Yeah, another disappointing day from uh, for Derrick Henry, who said he was pissed off after last week's performance. Uh, this week's was a little better with 18 carries for 56 yards, but you know, Derrick Henry is starting to look like a guy that I want to glue to my bench. Well, hey, look, this offensive line was decimated with injuries this week. Uh, so you had that working against him. You had Blaine Gabbard at quarterback. I mean, even Deion Lewis, who had a great week one, did nothing today. So I'm not sure if I'm ready to really blame it on these running backs just yet. I didn't say to blame it on them, but uh, I'm just not comfortable using them when I, when I see these kind of numbers. Like football's obviously a team game, and he's got Jacksonville and Philadelphia next. No, no, and I agree with you, especially if Mariota's not there and especially if these, this offensive line continues to, to miss these guys for you know more weeks. Uh, definitely, I was saying all morning and, and said all week, I didn't think anybody on this offense was worth of play this week. Isaiah Crowell only 12 carries for 35 yards today after last week 102 yards and two touchdowns. But, hey, revenge game next week on Thursday. Uh as as uh, Isaiah Crowell goes to Cleveland, and uh, you know, I think I think he's going to want want the rock near the goal line. 
Well, he's going to want the rock near the goal line. I'm just not sure how often they're going to get there. Look, the the crazy thing with this, and actually I, I got to give props to my wife for realizing this before I did, but look, the, the Jets had the, the the short week this week coming off the, the uh, what, Thursday night, the, the Monday night game. They had a short week this week, and now they go into another short week going to play Thursday night at Cleveland. So they're really getting the raw end of the schedule deal here early in the season. I guess uh, I guess if the Jets happen to have one and two, they'll have, their fans will have some ready-made excuses. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> See, but yeah. if you're a Jets fan, you're not really worried about the excuses. You have too many of them for the years. Yeah, but uh, I was he- I was hearing, you know, on this network, you know, especially on Carton and Friends, how, you know, the Jets were the best team in football after one week. <laughs> well, I- I'm not going to talk to to what they say. Uh, yeah, I'm just not going to. <laughs> yeah, and uh, do we believe the Miami Dolphins are two and zero? You know, I th- I thought I thought they were only going to win three or four games all year. Yeah, definitely off to a great start. I mean, uh, what do we have? We have what seven teams started two and zero already. Uh, what what's the stat? Like sixty two, sixty three percent of them that start two and zero make the playoffs. Uh, so it, you know, it's definitely a nice place to be. Yeah, certainly. And I I didn't expect Miami to make it there, but then again, you know, we've seen these trends in the NFL before too, where a team will start two and zero, three and zero, and four and zero, then they'll lose a bunch of games in a row and. You know, sometimes not even make the playoffs. You know, it is still very early in the season for both real NFL trends and fantasy trends. No, I absolutely is, in fact, no doubt about it. Um, and that's why, you know, stats are useful to a point. <laughs> they they definitely don't are not the be all end all of everything. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, is the Texans really an 0-2 team? You know, I, I think they're better than that. Well, I think they're better than that, too, once Deshaun Watson gets going. But I, I was worried about him coming into the season because he didn't look good in the preseason. Uh, he just looked lost at times, and we saw that last week. He just didn't have it. It was good to see him you know, start to look alive a little bit today, even though they had the loss. Uh, but Fuller being in there definitely seemed to ignite him a little bit more. So I hope that trend continues. All right, I haven't seen the early line on Houston and the Giants for next week, but uh, I think I think Houston's at home and uh, their backs are against the wall, so I'll, I'll be taking them. All right, more uh, disappointing performances next on Fantasy Football Rewind. When you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements. Then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. 
from the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. And Jim Day, always taking you uh, live here with the recap on 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Sunday nights. And uh, we always appreciate if you listen on demand as well uh, as uh, we we uh, recap week two and uh, look, look a little bit ahead towards week three. And uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, only four catches for 17 yards uh, today. You know, this is a guy that only has 30, 36 receiving yards in the first two games, Jim, I I thought this guy was going to be better than this so far. Well, look, uh, again, I, I can't hold it against any of these receivers in this offense right now because Bradford has just been terrible, uh, probably the worst quarterback in the league at this point, and that's saying something with some of these starting quarterbacks we're seeing. Uh, so I'm, I'm not – you know, I like the fact he's involved. He's got – uh, he had another six targets today. I think if they give Josh Rosen the ball, uh, I, look, I know he's not perfect. He's still a rookie. He's got a lot to learn. But at this point, you're not getting anything from Sam Bradford. It's not going to hurt at all to throw the rookie in there and see what you got with him. Phone lines are open if you're listening to us live on Sunday night at 844-843-6879. That's 844-843-6879, 844-843. 84-FNTSY. Disappointing day for Deion Lewis. Only 42 rushing yards and only one catch for one yard. And next week he gets he gets the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, and actually, you know, I mean, that may be a game where we see him highly involved again. But again, if it's playing Gabbert back there, it's hard to count on any of these players. I just don't think much of him as a quarterback. I find it hard to really uh, get high expectations for any one of his players. But in against Jacksonville, you need that running back who's going to be able to catch those swing passes, get out in the open, get out in the flat, and try and do something with it because you're not going to be able to run right up the middle against them. Ten carries for 34 yards and one catch for seven yards as Sony Michelle made his uh, NFL debut this week. Uh, you know, there are some people that, you know, fantasy analysts and players alike felt that this guy could take over the backfield, but they had to work him in slowly. Uh, you know, at best, you know, they, they like Burkhead. They like James White. I don't ever see. I don't ever see him getting a major portion of the work. Oh, I do. I, I don't have a lot of faith in Burkhead at all. I mean, uh, let's face it; he hasn't really done anything either. They drafted this guy in the first round for a reason, and that's very unlike New England to you know, go that early for a running back. So they're going to bring him in. You know, the injuries in the preseason, the injuries leading into the season that have definitely hurt him, uh, get him, got him a little behind the eight ball. But, I, I mean, give him a couple more games, and I'm pretty sure he's going to be that main guy in that backfield. It's not going to be Burkhead for much longer. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe he'll be like – the top guy to own for fantasy, but I think that's always going to be some sort of committee there, which makes it dangerous. Uh, Jordy Nelson, two catches for 30 yards. 
Uh, you know, right now in ESPN leagues, he's owned in 80%. Do you see, see a lot of people cutting him this week? I do, and I think it's about time. I mean, they went back out and got Martavis Bryant because, look, they were raving about Jordy Nelson in the preseason. Oh, he looks as fast as he ever did. Uh, he's going to be a, a boon to our offense, and yet Carr has not done anything with him yet uh, after you know raving about him in the preseason. So at this point, it, it's getting very close to he's a guy that if you did draft him, if you invested that draft capital, it might be very close to time to, to jettison him. Uh, ben Watson, three catches for 19 yards. I always hear people crowing about Ben Watson as a sneaky play, and I never think, I, I, you know, this guy hasn't been relevant in, like, years. Uh, last year, from weeks two to, to 16, he only cracked the 45-yard reception mark one time. Drew Brees did overshoot him, uh, you know, on a, on a touchdown pass near the goal line, but yeah, when, when Delaney Walker was going down, people said, oh, I'll pick up Ben Watson. You know, it's the, uh, to me, Ben Watson is not even rosterable. Well, I, I'm not sure if I agree with that. I liked Ben Watson coming into the season for a lot of reasons. He had a good season last year, even though his weekly numbers may not have been high. His overall numbers were pretty good at the end of the season, and he finished as a you know a top tight end two with some tight end one weeks thrown in. But he also went back to a, a Drew Brees team where he had his career year back in 2015. So I thought that would really come into play. But it hasn't yet. Uh, I I still have a little faith in him. Luckily, you didn't have to really put any draft capital into him to have him on your roster. Uh, I'm saying at this point, just hold. Don't don't overreact yet, just yet. Just hold on him and see what happens. You, most likely, you had another guy to start ahead of him anyway. So you know, use that guy until we see whether or not Watson really is. I mean, if he turns into a two or three reception tight end every week, then sure, it's time to to bail. I'm just not sure I'm ready to do it right yet. Yeah, I'll, I'll disagree with uh, Jim here. I don't think he was even draftable. The week to week numbers to me are what it's all about. Uh, and you know that let that last good season with the Saints was three years ago. And uh, I think you mentioned Darren Sproles was ninety. I think. I think Ben Watson's like 98. Uh, Mar Marlon Mack, 10, he did play today, but only 10 carries for 34 yards. Yeah, uh, again, you're, you're talking about another running back committee here, and it is a committee. You got Naeem Hines getting involved. Uh, you know, he had the rushing touchdown today. He wasn't involved in the passing game at all. Uh, it was a... Week one to week two for Indy so far has been total opposites in who Luck wanted to go to and who got involved. So it's going to be interesting to see which one of these becomes the trend or whether this is going to be what we see all year round. And all of a sudden, Indy is like uh, New England, whereas T.Y. Hilton is the only guy you can count on. Yeah, Indianapolis was was actually the underdog by six. So if you took him, uh, you probably made out pretty nicely this week. Uh, Dante Pettis, only one catch, for, was for 35 yards, but a lot of people were excited with Dante Pettis with Marquise Goodwin out, but you got to be careful with these rookie wide receivers. Oh, you always do. It, it's always a crapshoot when you get them involved. Um, you know, it is, and not only that, but we talked about it earlier, Garoppolo did not have the kind of game we expected him to have against Detroit. Uh, very low numbers where I expected his passing numbers to be much higher. Jack Doyle with a very disappointing week, only two catches for 20 yards. I love Doyle coming into this 
this year. My reasoning being that, you know, they really didn't have a number two wide receiver. He caught 80 balls from Jacoby Brissett last year. I uh, don't trust Eric Ebon, but so far, you know, Doyle's been a little bit disappointing. Well, he had a good week one. Uh, just, you know, he was highly involved in week one uh, with 11 targets, had, uh, what, 77 catches for 60 yards, which was nice to see. But that's what I mean. We, we had the dichotomy with with the uh, with the Colts this, this week as compared to week one. Total change in, in numbers, except the only one who was consistent was Eric Ebron, who caught a touchdown in both games. Peyton Barber, 16 carries for only 22 yards. Uh, so far this season, uh, he barely has nine fantasy points overall in a PPR. Uh, he's been totally mediocre so far and bad today. And really hasn't been getting too involved with just uh, you know, with Ryan Fitzpatrick slinging the ball all over the yard. Ronald Jones was inactive, but do you think, do you think it's going to get to a point soon where they're going to give him another look? No, <laughs> no. Look, I keep trying to tell Chris this on the frenzy. Look, when when you're a healthy and active this this early, weeks one and two, it's very hard to get on the field even during practice. When you're not getting the starting reps, if you're not going to play for them in the week, then you're not going to get practice reps during the week. And if you're not getting those practice reps, you can't get back on that field. He had such a terrible preseason that he just killed himself. And right now, I just don't think we see much of him at all this year. Phone lines are open now for live listeners on Sunday night, 844-843-6879. That's 844-843-6879, 844-84-FNTSY. You got some early waiver questions or, uh, you know, guys you're concerned about. Uh, you a David Johnson owner, let us know. Uh, you could be concerned about Kenny Stills. And this is the problem with Stills in the past. You know, I had a great week one and then a very disappointing week two, even though the Dolphins won the ball game, two for 17. He's got a nice matchup, it seems, against Oakland next week, but Kenny still still hasn't shed the historical tag of uh, being unreliable yet. Again, a lot of this falls on his quarterback as well. I think it's not all him. Uh, I'm not a big Ryan Tannehill guy. Who is? I just don't. Yeah, well, and that's it. That's the problem. So, you know, I think we're going to see – you're going to see quite a few decent games out of Stills. He is definitely their number one, even when Parker is healthy. I think he's definitely the better receiver there. Uh, Amendola went down today. He got hurt. So that should help him going forward as well. But He was uh, able to again, come back with, in, the, in the game now, but he always gets hurt. Yeah, that, but that's what I mean. I, I mean, he plays the game like a linebacker with a little tiny body. Uh, so, unfortunately, that always comes back to hurt him. So, I, you know, at this point, I think Stills is the guy you want on this offense. It's just going to be inconsistent from week to week. Uh, also, another disappointing game performance in that game. Miami's secondary is better than people uh, people know. Uh, Robbie Anderson was only held to 27 yards on on three catches. I really liked Anderson coming into this year, but he's been kind of disappointing a little bit so far. Well, he just hasn't had any chance to build any kind of rapport with Darnold, uh, and that's what we're seeing. I mean, he's only got four catches in the two games, not what you expected after what we saw from him last last year. It's clear that Darnold is really, you know, has that good rapport going with Quincy and Nunwa, and that, that trend isn't going to change. And right now we're seeing Terrell Pryor be a little bit more of a, a viable 
receiver than Robbie Anderson is. And that's just uh, uh, it's just hard to fathom after the year Robbie Anderson had last year. Yeah, I, I got to think the better times ahead. I'm, I might wait before you try to release him. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, the disappointing day that uh, that his owners feared against the Jaguars. Only two catches for 15 yards. But I think you just got to chalk it up to one bad game for a good player. Yeah, it's going to happen to everybody once in a while. And, you know, again, it, it they Jacksonville caught everybody by surprise. I mean, I, I don't think anybody expected even this really good defense to play that strongly against the Patriots um, this week. So, you know, it, it was really hot there. The, they said the temperature was at least 100 degrees on the field. So, you know, that might have played into it a little bit as well. But, uh, yeah, you're going to see this from time to time. It's nothing to get excited about with Gronkowski because he'll come back next week and he'll catch 70 balls for 80 yards and two touchdowns. So, Yeah. I don't know if it was the heat as much as it was the defense. Uh, Ian Thomas, a lot of people are saying uh, plug him in the lineup this week. Uh, only two catches for 10 yards. He had a touchdown reception, bang, clang off his hands. Yeah, I saw that one too. I was like, oh, yeah, I, you hate to see that kid finally gets his chance, and you know something that that should have been an easy one, uh, just just doesn't pull it in. Yeah, uh, it, it's going to be hard. It's hard to count on him anyway. Let's face it; he he, he wasn't expected to get much playing time with with uh, Olsen in front of him. And all of a sudden, now he's in the starting lineup. Hopefully, as you know, the weeks build up, he gets more practice reps. Maybe we'll start to see him really come in into his game because he is a big, strong kid, and he should be able to go up and win some of those jump balls and do some good things in the red zone. But until he actually starts showing some of that, you can't really put him in any kind of lineup. Yeah, you got to be careful. Like, despite all these positive scouting reports, for the most part, historically, we've seen fantasy football rookie tight ends not make a dent like Janu Smith, who actually got shut out today. Yeah, again, opportunity doesn't always equate to putting up good fantasy numbers. I wonder uh, why I heard that before. (laughs) I don't know. Where have we heard that? I think Corey says that a lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, so it, it it's it's kind of hard to count on these guys that just step in uh, because of injury. You've got to sometimes give them a little bit of time. Yeah, but I think with the rookie tight ends, I mostly try to avoid and, you know, go with somebody more of experience. One of my dynasty leagues, I lost Delaney Walker. I have O.J. Howard and Ian Thomas, and uh, I made the mistake of playing Ian Thomas today. I should have went with O.J. Howard, who I think, you know, is going to have some – solid and, you know, respectable days going forward. And, you know, as we saw today, you know, maybe sometimes spectacular. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, big play is always a nice addition. You got to love that. Uh, Luckily for him, it was an 85-yard touchdown instead of 75 because by the time he was done with that 75, he was pretty gassed. And if it was another 10 yards, he would have got caught. (laughs) So, um, you know, it it was nice to see him do that. We, We have good expectations for him. It's just that it, it's going to be growing pains with him. He's going to be so up and down on a weekly basis. Yeah. With these rookie tight ends, though, I think it might be more down than up. Uh, quick look ahead to the Monday night game between uh, between Seattle and Chicago. Uh, Monday night game between Seattle and Chicago. This game is going to be in Chicago. Uh, Chicago's favored by three and a half. Uh no, this is a tough one, though, you know, betting-wise, because, uh, you know, Russell Wilson 
traditionally plays good on Monday night, on Monday night football, and on Sunday night football on national games. Uh, good performance last week against a better defense, and uh, the Seahawks have a lot of injuries on defense. But you wonder if Chicago could take advantage. It's uh, you know which way you going, you, you which way you you leaning towards uh, for tomorrow night. I'm leaning towards taking Seattle with the points. Chicago's offense was all hype coming into the season. We just haven't seen it yet. So at that point, you know, even with the banged-up Seattle defense, I'm taking Russ Wilson. Uh, he seems to be able to do it no matter who he has around him and who he's going against. Like you said, he did a great job against Denver last week. I think he does that again against Chicago, even in Chicago. So I'm taking the points. Okay. And then the over-under is uh, 43 for Monday night. I think I would actually take the under here because, uh, you know, I, th- I could see Russell Wilson throwing three touchdown passes, but them ending up with about 21 points. And I just don't have any confidence in Mitch Trubisky. Uh, fantasy-wise, you know, for this game, I think Russell Wilson's a much start. He's matchup proof. And uh, I think I think with Brandon Marshall, you know, playing against a former team for the second consecutive week, uh, he could get in the end zone again. And uh, Tyler Lockett's a nifty play as well. Over on the Bears side, I think you have to like Allen Robinson against the Seattle cornerbacks and maybe Trey Burton. But I think running back-wise is where they're really going to thrive without Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright. I could see a good game for Tariq Cohen on Monday night, Jim. Uh, I also think you're going to see a good game out of Jordan Howard. I, I expect both of those to, to be viable plays in, in fantasy this week. I think Cohen gets involved in the passing game. But I think Howard could definitely put up some points on the ground, uh, very possibly get 100 yards and a touchdown in this one. Yeah, I could see that too. You know, Seattle's run defense definitely weaker without Bobby Wagner. He's going to miss that game with a groin injury. Uh, Seahawks very thin at linebacker. Thanks for listening to Fantasy Football Rewind. We're here every Sunday. Uh, More recaps on Monday throughout the day on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and full Monday night previews. Thanks for listening.